welcome to a next episode of Shelf Impactors. It's a guest episode. Mark is busy with Christmas things. So I have an ex-colleague of mine and a really great friend. John is the ex-strategy and marketing director of SGK UK. Um, and he's now a consultant at Silent Z. John has a vast experience working across advertising with agencies including Ogilvy, MNC, and VW. John, tell us where you are and what the do you do now? <laughs> I really don't like the X thing. It sounds kind of terminal. Um, but hey, <laughs> uh, where am I? What I do now? All right. So I'm in the UK. Uh, I'm currently in uh, a little village about 50 miles north of London. Um, uh, although, as you know, we've got big plans to move and get back into city life. Um, what do I do now? I am, um, I guess, uh, and that's kind of why we're talking, right? That. Uh, Having done a few years, I won't say how many, uh, of uh, corporate marketing, branding, commercial side of things, bit of leadership here and there, uh, running offices, uh, and as you say, kind of the last two or three years has been around strategy, corporate strategy, and B two B marketing strategy. Uh, trying to use all of that in and help businesses change the way they behave a little bit particularly 20th century businesses, businesses that come out of the 20th century and are still, uh, let's be honest, still struggling to get to grips with the fact that we're in the 21st century, right? And that so that's what of, I'm trying to do. And that leads us on to a little bit of what we set a topic. We always say, like, let's have a rough freestyle reason of which this one was. We're going to talk about bravery. You and I have spoken about this, and I know we've done presentations together where we would launch the presentation into the team we were working with, and ultimately that presentation would then get 50 more pages added to it and be nothing like we presented in the first place, but we tried. And I think that's always been like, that's why you and I connected. That's why we click quite well. I do terribly miss working with you because of that reason, for those kind of silly all-night calls that became a, what about if we do this? I don't know if they'll like this. Should we do it anyway? Those kind of ideas around bravery, what it is, what do you think is brave? What do I think is brave? Ah, yeah, there's a lot of things. Like we've talked about it before. Mark and I have talked about it. And then, we, but we kind of juxtaposed it a little bit with risk and bravery. But there's so many people now going, I want to be a brave brand. I want, like, the world needs bravery. But I'm not too sure everyone completely understands what it is. And it means different things to different people. Yeah, and it does mean different things to different people. Um, it, it's it's funny when you talk about it, it's use as a word. I've, I find it fascinating as a slightly more experienced person listening to um, a lot of the use of the word iconic right now. That because I grew up through my marketing career with this idea that things things kind of became icons as they permeated the the kind of population's thinking and 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 people didn't really people never claimed something was iconic. You never said this is an icon or I'm an icon. But now, and I listen to my own daughter, things are referred to as being iconic all the time. Uh, and and but we're referring to things like uh, I don't know, a Victoria's Secret body spray is iconic. Can you <laughs> have a conversation with my daughter going, yeah, okay, yeah, in my head, and I, I'm realizing that the use of words, so words like bravery and people talking about want to be brave brands and things like that, yeah. uh, people's definitions of these words are kind of weird, you know. Um, brave, I think, for some people right now is um, uh, we need a bit of wow. 
I think that's that's as simple as brave can be for some people. Yeah. Uh, I see bravery and you see bravery. And I think, you know, talking about our connection and the connection where I guess people like us in, in, in corporates are kind of in the minority because corporate world is about risk aversion, right? It's, it's really a lot less about being brave. But the bravery piece to me means, and, and maybe it's a bit old fashioned, bravery is a kind of deeper seated thing. And it's actually about um, not taking risks just for the sake of taking risks, but it's kind of coming out of that risk aversion mindset and thinking about how to move the needle a bit more. Because if you don't, if you never come out of the risk aversion mindset, the needle never moves, right? Uh, and being brave is is doing things that move the needle, but it's not just being foolhardy, right? It's doing things that move the needle, but with a purpose, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, notoriously bravery people go, that means like being the bravest or doing the craziest thing or the biggest stunt. But actually it might be doing the tiniest thing or doing the tiniest thing consistently, see, against what everyone else is doing, because you truly believe that's the way to change. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, and I think there's a, yeah, I think that's, that's, again, it's that kind of, it's the, it's how deep does that desire to be brave go, right? Is it simply just to stand out a bit from the competition or stand out a bit from your peers or stand out a bit uh, from, uh, I don't know, the, the, the other stores in the high street? Uh, or is it genuinely, and it's it's what's fascinating me right now when you get started getting into the kind of heart of all this, is it genuinely genuinely doing things with a purpose, right? We're all we're all we many of us are kind of we're we're brand doyens. We've done this for a long time, and as as the years have gone by, you know, I think back to my days at VW and working with DDB in London. And the VW piece, certainly in the UK, although in many of the markets around the world, but DDB taught me it's all about product truth. So you find a product truth and then you tell your story around your product truth. And it wasn't just about the kind of shiny, sheeny bit on the top. It was always about the depth and the product truth that was in there. And I think that authenticity piece, and I'm sorry to use the word because, again, lots of these words are banded around so much, is that to do bravery properly, in my opinion, is you've got to kind of do it for real. It's not about just kind of pretending to be brave. Otherwise, you end up, uh, I don't know, what do you end up with? That kind of, it's, not the, it's not the emperor with no clothes or the boy that cries, well, whatever it is. <laughs> but, but it kind of, but, but the other thing I think as well is from, a, from, I guess, from a marketing and from a business standpoint is that the consumers of now and the consumers of tomorrow are seen through that stuff. Right. So maybe for a time, the shiniest just for the sake of it or the bravest just for the sake of it. No, nobody saw my rabbit ears there, but um, the bravest just for the sake of it get kind of doesn't last very long. Right. Um, and, and actually that authenticity piece about being a brand, if you want to be a brand that's brave and you want to do things that are brave, then you've actually got to be brave as a business yeah. uh, and, and be brave as a brand at your heart um, at the same time. And I think there was a time when bravery was also um, put in the same box as things controversial. So there were things like brands like French Connection that would come out with naked models. There were 
things that were touching to violence in the media and they were considered brave because they would showcase the reality, but they were actually only showcasing that reality to get that shock reaction. Whereas to your point, actually you need to think about what the underseated, what is your message and how does that connect to, what does the consumer need? How can you be empathetic and tap into that human emotion, not just to shock people? Um, I also think because you and I come from the creative side of a business, so I always argue, so obviously the business we used to well, you used to work in and I still do, is very much a functional business as well as a creative side. And you and I both come from that creative side. I argue that anyone who is in creative or is creative is already to a certain extent forcing bravery because you're solving problems and trying to find solutions to things that may or may not work and you're always trying to move the needle so i think inherently creative people or people who practice creativity are brave it's just how far they can push that that kind of shifts the needle and then understanding how that lives in the world around us and so what was a product truth then also tapping into that to your point consumers are just bombarded with advertising clutter with messages how do you connect with them and get them to connect back with you yeah, oh, I, oh, completely, completely. Yeah, I mean, sensationalism for the sake of grabbing a headline. Um, I kind of, I, I, I was taken aback by the number of Boxing Day emails that appeared in my Gmail of uh, everybody trying to get me to sell. And, you know, the bots and the AI, they're not just sending one every couple of days now, they're sending like three and four a day. Uh, and, and everybody's trying different things with, you know, they're all trying to be kind of um, clever, smart, sensational, brave with their headlines and their, their subject lines and everything to try and grab you in those second and a half they have to try and get you to open their email and see what to do next. But, um, uh, I, yeah, I think I think fundamentally... We are the, the 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 bravery piece and the for you said right at the beginning, a brand, you know, lots of brands are saying they want to be brave. Uh, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but but it, it it's it's not that easy just to say that and do that. You yeah. can't just do that and go and make an ad that you think is brave or let's do some brave pack design so we stand out on the shelf yeah. or let's make our website really brave so that, uh, uh, I don't know, when people land on it, they think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's and then maybe this is in today's world where everything is so instantaneous and there's so much of it and everything is so fast-paced and we're so 5G, 6G, 8G, 10G. Um, although interestingly, I believe 5G is slower than 4Gs in most countries right now, which is interesting. <laughs> um it's 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 actually it takes a bit of time to be brave right um it takes it because partly for most brands to be unless you start brave to become brave requires you to change the way you behave and change the way you think all right and then so um, i would say what i said right at the beginning what i'm trying to do now with my life is change is challenging right and change takes some time you can't just change stuff overnight yeah. um and particularly when lots of the brands that want to become brave are brands that belong to the bigger organizations around the world or regions around the world, they're they're set up not to change very quickly, <laughs> not not to do things in a very brave way at all. Uh, so 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 that so that kind of it's it's a funny juxtaposition almost that 
to you know part of what comes with being brave is being kind of fleet of foot and agile and quick and and, and ready to adapt and those kinds of things but actually to make your brand brave is really quite it's it's quite a it requires some thinking and planning and it's a bit of a process right yeah and i think it's obviously like we've said like it's harder for those bigger brands unless you've inherently built into someone like a nike have always been the one to kind of shift the needle if you're one of those that follow it like how do, how do you even excel in that whereas someone who is an independent or an entrepreneur that has this great idea it's obviously easier for them to be brave there's different things to lose there's different things to challenge whereas some of the consistent brands like does everyone need to be brave like we're sitting there going like the world needs brave brands the world needs brave people i actually believe that people the world needs brave people at the helm of those brands or people to take more risks, not in a in a risky way, but to push things beyond where they are now, rather than actual brave brands. I think the people behind that are what drive it. And you know, thinking about we're uh, part of, like it needs somebody to challenge what is expected, what is the flow in the context of, of the world around it. We talk about sustainability. We talk about, you know, like, oh, can we, you know, change the world? Like we need to be greener. We need to be more sustainable. There's all of these brands out there championing through things. By 2030, we're going to be the greenest brand on the planet. And, and it's all of these grand statements and bold gestures. But then it takes someone to turn around and go, by 2030, can you not do it tomorrow? So it needs someone with that kind of drive and ambition to go, I can't wait that long. What can we do now to change it? Like we were speaking before about Elon Musk. We can tap into that, you know, is that ultimately it all comes down to people, right? And you're mentioning Elon, right? Okay. Yeah, you're most many people he's not a he's not a middle of the road guy, is he? Yeah, most people are on one side of the coin or the other, right? Um, but he's ultimately the driver, right? You could argue he Okay, we had electric cars back in the 1900s, but the batteries weren't great back then. Um, but he's he's the person that's kind of revolutionised the automotive industry, right? I mean, not not just him, but he's a pretty big part of it, right? With the creation of Tesla, uh, what what what's you know he 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 now he he now runs NASA's kind of operational side of the space program, right? Doesn't he? NASA doesn't do that anymore. You know, it's you know. Exactly, he's one. He's one of two people, okay, that have had the the chutzpah and and the money, but he got the money through the chutzpah type thing and all that kind of stuff to to kind of go to space, right? He's doing the stuff that that people did back in the fifties and sixties, you know, the the real kind of yeah. world changers, and and you know, he's doing what he's doing at Twitter, right? So he, I mean, Christ, he's being brave, uh, yeah, in terms of what he's doing at Twitter, right? So he may he may destroy Twitter in the eyes of the global Twitterati. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he already has with, with many, many people. Yeah. But what he has done is he's gone into this and said, and this is where I think our heads are at, this ain't working as it is. And I feel some, again, forgive the word, should only ever use this word with a fruit, but he's had the passion about Twitter. Yeah. Um, that he's 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 and he's in the the position where he can actually go and change it, right? I mean, it's forty four billion dollars is an awful lot of money to spend to go and change something. <laughs> you just thought he could actually probably build his own social network for forty four billion dollars, but um, uh, I, and I think your point about people is absolutely right. It's I mean, I'm a I, I as my career has progressed, 
um, and I've kind of maybe mellowed a bit with age. Uh, I think that ultimately, particularly in what we all do uh, in our world of marketing and branding and, and trying to encourage people to engage in our experiences or buy the products for the clients that we work for or, or change a bit of behavior or, what, or whatever the things that we are trying to do is ultimately it's all coming down to people, right? And all that nuance and things when 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 a client puts a brief out across a number of agencies to come up with ideas, right? The process for everybody is pretty much the same, right? Um, uh, everybody's got little tweaks and everybody's got little copyright signs on what they call their process and all that kind of stuff. But we, we all kind of go about these things the same way. And it's the people that actually make the difference. Uh, and, and fundamentally, I guess part of it is where do you find, we could get into some really deep existential conversation here, which probably people won't want to listen to, but we're, <laughs> Honestly, the podcast will come to an end at some point. Um, where, where, how, how do you, how do you, you can find the people that want to drive it because we know they're out there, right? But you and I like to believe that that's that we're those kinds of people. But how do, you, <laughs> how how do you, how do you, how do you have them in businesses and brands, uh, and almost kind of nurture put them in the greenhouse and nurture and encourage them to help drive that change that you can somehow align with the risk averse corporate objectives but at the same time make a difference um and i think that's where you kind of go on kind of need to make it normalized to take those risks to yes different you kind of need to support and protect the vulnerable and the awkward situations and and people in those situations to kind of almost protect their risk taking i think that's our job as you kind of grow further up your job becomes to protect to encourage people in your teams in your around you to take the risk if you're creative you encourage your designers to push things as far as they can push them but then to know that they can push them as far as they want to nurture it but you're the kind of the the bumper bar in them and i guess you do that to your clients a little bit as well you go look you know you can't we have to as strategists kind of give them the plan to go you should you should do this you should go for option three you should go for the one that really pushes it but then our job is to convince them why which is always the challenge <laughs> you know I've, we've come you go i present option evolution option revolution they are always going to go for the safe option how do you empower them to take that other option the riskier one, the braver one, or the bolder one, you you kind of then have to show them someone who's done it safely, or like that's, that's our challenge. It's an exciting challenge, and it doesn't always work, but that's something that I think is I find it exciting to go to someone to go, yeah, let's do that third one. They're the winning clients. I think they're the ones that you go, yes, they're the kind of clients I want. But it's they're only as good as you convincing them it's the right path. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think. Um... I think there's a natural progression and there's a natural evolution in things. Um, I think in organizations and as consumers, uh, whether they're B2B or B2C consumers, the the kind of Gen Z and then wash through followed by Gen Alpha. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess it'll be Generation Beta after that, I'm presuming. Um, I, I, I think our, our, the sense I have is and everything I read and everything I look at is that the that authentic bravery that that, that actually means something 
will kind of wash through the system, right? We're we're seeing an awful lot of bravery and have done for a few years now, but it's really come to the fore around the whole diversity and inclusive piece and and, and you know and, and and really trying to treat everybody as equals no matter where they come from or what colour they are or what belief what what they believe in or or or, or any of those kinds of things. You know, recognizing that people that have physical or mental challenges are just as able and just the same as all of those that people would call rabbit ears normal, you know, all yeah. that, all that kind of piece. That's that's, and I think that is washing through, and I think ultimately will enable more of that kind of bravery piece. And as they climb corporate ladders, then to your point, uh, the senior people in organisations will be um, will be much more welcoming of that kind of thing. I think we're at a funny transitional stage, right? We're at a stage where a lot of leadership is doing what we've done before because that's how they were taught, right? Yeah. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely changing. I mean, I, I, again, you know, without uh, yeah, I, I look at myself in a way. And see and think about how I've changed over the years as well, and and how and the things that I'm interested in doing now, having gone from being a an ad man in my twenties, going on car shoots because they were such great fun, and now actually thinking, well, hold on a minute, I've been doing this a few years now, and maybe I can actually do some stuff that is valuable to people that come and work in organisations and helps them have a great career, but have a great life at the same time. And even if it has, I've always got a kick out of the small things. I, the, I kick out the small changes I can make um, uh, in organizations. And and that's, I think, where, I think that that will happen. I think the other thing is, uh, and I would, I would say this to, I would say this to kind of a lot of leadership out there in the organization I've just been in, but is to kind of be braver, uh, you know, be braver in, in yourself. Um, be prepared to it's that authenticity piece again it's that understanding who you are and being okay to celebrate that or to just be your own authentic yeah. self um, I've been lucky enough to do the Google Rare Leadership Program three years in a row and every year it's kind of amped up the next level and what they do is they take on board you apply for it 50 people across different regions get in and you're part of these series of six weeks worth of workshops where they kind of talk to you about diversity and inclusion. They talk about, um, you know, like how to challenge conventional ways. And it's, and it's incredible to me to hear people, even in, in advertising specifically to be isolated because they're female and a copywriter or to be stuck in that same position because they're never put forward for promotion. Even in today's world, you go, that still happens. You still get spoken to as if you're this lower minority. But then what they do is they kind of over these series of workshops, change that mindset. So you literally leave that last one and go, I'm different to, to everyone around me sometimes because I'm one of the youngest people on the leadership board. I'm also female in this big corporate beast of a company. And I truly believe we can impact change. We can make people feel like they're worth it, like they love to come to work. And they actually even you go, I am now valuable. Whereas you before you go like, I'll never get the job because I'm, I'm, I don't tick the box. You are the box. And now's the time that you companies need minorities and they need diversity you're more valuable than ever like the company needs you because yeah. you're different it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird place 
it's a weird place to be because you know it's funny until this past few years it's never it's it's never been in my headspace because I've, I've I've always ever just seen a person as a person right uh wherever you are in an organization and wherever you are in the world and uh, and however tall you are or however wide you are or what I did it's 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 really and I think it, I, I I find the whole the discussion and and the shift fascinating but you see i mean i think that bravery piece has got to come from the top right i mean leadership sets culture right so i mean i'm thinking even we take it away from kind of even thinking about brands and marketing and i'm thinking where we need leaders to turn around to investors and say sorry we can't do that or uh if you take the cost down that much to deliver the return we're not going to be able to hit the targets that you set us or if you Here's, I've given you this budget for the year because this is genuinely the budget we think we need to achieve what we're trying to achieve. Don't just tell me, finance person, that I've got to take 20% out of that and do that because I can't do that, right? And so, and it comes down to all kind. You know, we've only got we can't do. We, you know, let's let's take I, I feel quite a lot of corporate conversations when times are tough. Can't do pay rises this year. What do you mean you can't do pay rises this year? Well, we can't do pay rises this year. No, I'm I'm not a big fan of everybody gets an annual pay rise. I'm, I've never have been. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big believer in meritocracy and that those who perform should you know should absolutely be be paid more than those who kind of cost it. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. Um, and organisations are need to be full of very very different people, right? There are we're on you know there's the bell curve and, and all that kind of stuff you know if organizations full of you and me lisa would kind of go out of business very quickly um i'm sure <laughs> we, we might we might do some great output but i don't know how financially solid we might be um uh it's all it's, it's so that that kind of bravery piece is it's i think it, it it manifests itself in so many different ways uh you know it, it's I, I, I this move that we're planning so for anybody listening that's interested where I'm moving from England, you can maybe tell I'm Scottish. We're moving back to Glasgow in the new year. Uh decided we want to get back into so the accent will get accent will get even will get broader and it will speed up again. Uh and we um we went to visit four schools for my 12-year-old daughter because we'll obviously be taking her out of her school down here. And what fascinated me, and I've got connections in education in Glasgow, family connections in education in Glasgow for 50, 50-ish years, my father, sister, et cetera. I won't bore you with that. But we went to visit four schools, which are the four nearest schools to where we're hopefully going to be living in Glasgow. Um, and they're all uh, they're all city schools. Um, but uh, And uh, very, very mixed. A couple of them fairly kind of reasonably affluent because of where they are. A couple of them have catchments that that really pick up a lot of kids from some, some fairly underprivileged areas. But what fascinated me was, is all four of the principals were female. Um, and uh, speaking to my sister who works in the Education Authority in Glasgow, it's, kind of been, it's, it's not been a deliberate trend in many ways in education, but it is kind of as, as things have moved on and the world has moved on, the vibe that a female leader brings to a school, particularly a school with uh, more challenging, more challenges, um, is very, very different from a traditionally male head teacher. Um, 
partly well partly and a lot of it is that that shift from um and again this is i guess it's only really my point of view uh, and it's this where my 20th century thing comes from about businesses is this idea of men at the top who tell everybody what to do and if you come up against a problem or you just hit it harder with a stick and and make the problem go away Uh, or you come up against financial challenges or you're not going to do the numbers that month and you're just told but you need to do them (laughs) do you know that kind of man the madness of the world Whereas these, the, the, and you could actually feel this when we went around the schools, and they gave us—they were fantastic people. They gave us time in their last week, last week of term. They had a million things to do, a million challenges of running a school, but they were also doing their school concerts and their this is and their that's and all those kinds of things. But even as you walked around the schools, um, the the vibe and the change certainly from I remember when I was at school, where you you lived in fear of teachers. That's where you were fear of doing yeah. what you were told. Yeah. Um, the 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 vibe of caring, uh, sharing, um, openness, kind of honesty, and everything, which I feel quite strongly. And and again, I just I hope this doesn't come across as unconscious bias, but a lot of that I felt stemmed from the fact that the the the, the people in these leadership roles running these big schools. I mean, one of the schools was twelve hundred kids, right? Yeah. Um, was was coming from the fact that these schools were were led by females, yeah. and I think that uh, I think that bravery piece around education changing itself because you'd always we'd always believe that education would be very very slow to change but also i think in those people themselves right so you're talking about you know some of that some of that stuff about you're the box but these people are going no i'm i'm i I, i'm gonna be the the principal of a 1200 kids school with a very broad catchment uh with 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 kids from very underprivileged areas right the way through kids from from areas where their parents have high disposable incomes and i'm going to do that and i'm going to i'm going to make this this is going to be and i i I think it's amazing and that that to me is a great example of kind of bravery on organizational bravery but also individual bravery as well yeah it's a bit like an elon person's term to go actually have a vision and it's to change the way things are done for the better and to see if it works it might not have worked those people going in at that level it might not have worked it might have impacted the school negatively but the fact that they've changed it up and then it's proven to be working i love that i think that's a really nice well uh, i love that too that's I, you know the i mean again we don't see it in corporates I, I you know i worked with sky for a few years and one of the things i loved about sky was there was there was no fear of failure they were properly brave in that organization and, I, and maybe that came from Mr. Murder from back in the day when he really wanted to shake the whole world of media up. Um, but Sky, Sky always and and, and it lives long and will live long in my memory that they would um, have an initiative, you know, put together a business case for it quickly, go and give it a go. If it failed, there were no recriminations. Try that again. Recriminations. Nobody, nobody, nobody insulted anybody. Nobody told anybody they were rubbish or a failure. They yeah. kind of went right. Hey, brilliant. We tried that. Is there anything good we can keep that maybe we can use again for something else? Right. And let's go again. Let's go on to the next one. Properly brave. Properly brave way of approaching um, opportunities, challenges. Trying to trying to do things. And they really 
Um, again, it came from leadership, right? It kind of it was permeated all the way down through the organization. They've got some great, um, and, and they, they were early movers in lots of the initiatives, particularly around women in business and, and these kinds of things as well. Um, but yeah, but that that kind of that fundamental thing we talked about right at the beginning, that it's it's got to be real. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's got to, it's, I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm stuttering to try and get my word out. I can't, um, it's things that I try and avoid using the cat, the buzzwords, right? You know, authentic, you know, because everybody wants to be fair. As we're saying, everybody wants to be brave. But it's got, it's, it's kind of got to be as you, as you said, we said it right at the start. If you're a, if you're a startup, if you're a 21st century business, and it's coming from the heart, and that's where you're at, it's much easier than if you're a large organization that has has come through the 20th century and therefore is risk averse. And yeah. kind of brave is at the other end of the slider, right? Yeah. And I think that's why advertising is always kind of setting the standard and the scene. And to your point with Sky, it's the people, like it's when we do our pitches, like you go into a pitch brief and you have no, you want to win it, but you just go out there and do the very best job that you feel is right. And as long as if you, if you had that mindset across everything that you did, it's a pitch, we might win, we might lose. We have no idea. We're just going to give it our all. That's kind of a way of challenging bravery, and it's why I think real creative agencies are better at it because you just go out there to try and solve the problem in the way they feel is the best. It's not about going, I need to be the best, and I need to make the loudest, shout the loudest. I need to do the weirdest, wackiest thing. It's about, we really think this is the answer for these guys. And if it's not and they don't pick us, well, we still believe that's the answer, or we still believe that's the best thing we can do. Yeah, I think it's fine. You've just been, you've kind of st- stimulated another thought there around pitching and things like that, and around turning business down and the bravery around turning business down. Because again, that risk aversion, particularly when you're a creative agency, and and many live kind of project to project, right? Uh, there was a thing quite recently where uh, one of the big corporates is trying to impose 365 day payment terms on all their suppliers. So they were doing a, a pitch and, you know, and, and then what, what, what was it they were doing? They're saying, and if you can't wait a year, then we've also got a connection with the finance facility that's going to cost you this to do this kind of thing. And it's, it's the bravery of saying, particularly if you're a bigger agency and you've got quite a high cost base, right? And you've got investment. Uh, but the bravery to say, actually, no, I don't. We don't want to do business on those terms, right? Because then we bring in a whole other set of kind of corporate and social responsibility and values and treatment of organisations and people in the right way, um, which is about mutual gain and mutual success rather than you know. Um, but that kind of piece around bravery of being able to say, yeah, we should. Should we go for that piece of business? Um, do, we want, do we want that piece? Of, well, we've made it to the next stage now, but have you have you actually, the legal team have just put through their T's and C's and have you seen this? Do we really want to work with these guys? And the actually, that- the challenge that comes from being in part of a business that does value is based on hours and rates. Whereas actually the value is actually the value you bring to our clients. Like when you're in brand world, it's like actually what will whatever we produce 
what value will it bring to you? So people who listen to this podcast know I absolutely um, obsess with sharing Christo podcasts and how he teaches you to sell value. And actually, it's okay to say, no, I actually can't do it for you for that price. That's not, and and, and arguing, like, definitely the bigger agencies, we are terrible at going, no, we can't do it for that. It's not possible. It becomes the yes guy attitude. And then when you, to your point, like, do you want to deal with someone who's constantly going to knock you down on price? Like, is it, if you're that important and of that much value, someone who's, can you do it for less? I need it, but I need it 20% less. Or I can do it, but I'm not going to pay you until I see this or until, you know, whatever it is, your terms and conditions. Like, it's, it's okay to turn around and go, no, that's not possible. But there's a bravery in that as well to go, oh, but if we say no, that might lead to something else. <laughs> Well, I guess there's the bravery in the corporate piece as well is that part of the issue there that you're talking about is that you go and win a piece of business and because of this, this siloization, is that right? Siloization? I can't remember. That's probably, I'm making words up, um, of organizations is that the business winning team and the commercial team that closed the deal then kind of hand it over to the team to go and run the piece of business. Yeah. So the, the winning team often is it really impacted by the terms of business that you've ended up with? It's another part of the business that ends up having to deal with that. And it's six, 12, 18 months down the line that those teams are being metaphorically kicked around the office as to why the business is underperforming financially based on the team that, that, that brought the business in and did the negotiation in the first place. And another part of that bravery and again, and again, I would say a lot of this comes to leadership, but it also comes down to the individual as well, is being able to break down those boundaries and talk across businesses and talk across different functions that it's not just new business or growth or or growth enablement or, or whatever, whatever a business calls its responsibility to go out and try and win stuff at any cost. Because actually... You've got to engage and be brave enough to go and talk to engineering, operations, uh, client engagement, finance even. Yeah, it's amazing how many organizations to me in some ways, and our, our organization is just quite financially focused, but traditionally where business development people could actually just go out on a whim <laughs> to go without even any thought of profitability and resourcing and all those kinds of things. But having that bravery to go, I need to talk to this person first before I do this, <laughs> rather than just kind of sticking your head under the rock and hoping it goes away. Oh, that's a bit tight in there, Lisa, that deal you've done there. I just fine. You know, yeah. John's going to take that and deal with that. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I've got another pitch next week. And as you say, that bravery to say to that bravery to say to people, look, we can't do business, we can't, we can't do business like this. You know, you you and I, one of the things I often try to do uh um was kind of put myself in the other player's shoes and kind of say, you will you wouldn't do business like that. Or what margin are you expecting to make, Mr. Global Retailer slash fashion brand slash jewelry company slash et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you're expecting us to work on a margin like that? Yeah. Uh, and, and again, and it takes bravery to do that, right? Because it takes bravery to ask questions, but actually asking questions yeah. is normally where you get to where you need to go. 
<clears throat> but yeah, like a lot of people just uh, the yeah again the yes guys. There are so many across businesses and big yeah. corporates that just want to say yes and be the nice guy. But ultimately, the difficult conversations, and and not even just those client to to company conversations, even internally in businesses, the difficult conversations are where you just get so much value by addressing the white elephant in the room, by you yeah. know opening up that to go actually you promise this this is happening or or to kind of you know to understand yeah. people first is how you've got to ask questions and that's where the bravery comes from just ask questions i feel like creative people are better at that or pointing out what's wrong too often it's why not rather than why you know too often you get the list of why not you know uh rather than well why shouldn't we you know and then and, and give it a go uh because as you say those organizations and i think those cultures that that are brave or our brave air, it does show through ultimately to your to to in your marketing and your brands and to your consumers and and to then your customer base and the types of people who buy your product as they then help yeah. radiate out more and more people who buy your product or service and that kind of stuff. It, it will it does radiate out. And again, it doesn't just doing a brave bit of packaging design or a brave ad uh, or a brave shop window display store window display. Uh, it's kind of transient. It's kind of, I, I, I mean, it's a bit harsh to say it's kind of meaningless, but you know, you, you might get a, you might get a five minute spike, but yeah. it would just, yeah. oh, ultimately you have to go back to the core. And, and again, that starts with people and it's for the same reason to your point earlier, it's like, who do you work with? Well, actually there are a million design agencies or a million consultants or whatever it is in the world. Why would someone, you, we've all got processes. We all do the same things. Why would you work with that person over that person? Because you feel like you've got the authenticity piece there on your side and they actually genuinely show it. It's not just a facade. So I think you can't be, your bravery isn't a facade. Like for some it is to your point, like you do this little spike campaign. Oh my goodness, they've done something different. It's got my attention. So what? Like five minutes later, there's something else to take that that stand. So it yeah. is. That's so tiring doing it that way as well. Yeah. So if you're continually looking for the next spike, it's just yeah. very, I've been there. Very, very wearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting to you about bravery. What are you going? What is your brave personal 2023? We're on the cusp of that brand new year. By the time I edit this podcast and get it actually out and into the world, it probably will be 2023. Tell me something exciting, brave, different, aside from moving to Glasgow, which is a challenge in itself, thickening the accent. 20, just one thing, give me something that you're looking forward to that you think is great. From a business perspective, I'm, 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 I'm want to take my 30 odd years of branding and marketing really and take it in a different direction, which is kind of brave, kind of brave of me and it'll be brave of someone to take me on, particularly after hearing me ranting about bravery here. Um, and I think from a personal perspective, um, despite my age, uh, I'm going to get back into the club scene. I'm all for it. And I think, look, no one can see us because we've not recorded this on video, which is probably a good thing. But the new fresh fade that you've had before the podcast, and I got my nails done. Perhaps people might have preferred the video as opposed to what we've just rambled on about. But I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think we can probably pick it up in a few months' time and, and see where you've got to. I loved working with you, John, so I know that whatever you go into, you're going to do a great job. Um, and I, so I look forward to just rebooting this conversation and seeing where you're at in a few months. Cool. Thanks, Lisa. Well, I, you know, I, 
right back at you. It was great <laughs> fun working with you. I miss working with you. I miss our kind of chats about um, kind of trying to do interesting things with clients and, and rants and raves about the corporate. That's what life is, right? Uh, but no, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the invitation. I've really I've really enjoyed chatting as well. And uh yeah, we'd love to pick it back up, but let's not do it on a Sunday morning after being to a club all night. Yeah, I know, because the DJ decks will, you know, you'll be tired and you know you won't be able to hear properly. We'll have the same audio problems we had at the start of this one, but we'll definitely yeah. regroup. I will drop your contact links and everything into the show notes. So if people do want to get in touch sure. with you, yeah. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.